the importance of knowing your why. This is the Early Days Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Early Days Podcast, the show about the hustle, the excitement, the doubts, the success, the failures, the ups and downs of building a business from scratch. My name is Marin, and with my co-founder Julian, we interview fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of starting businesses. As we're building our own apparel company and documenting our early days, we wanted to go behind the scenes with other entrepreneurs and find out what their early days, weeks, months and years were like. Our guest on the show this week is Ryan Carson. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Treehouse, an education platform that makes it easy to learn code and find a job in tech. Fun fact, both Julian and I are students of Treehouse, and the work that Ryan has been doing over the years has greatly impacted our lives. During our conversation with Ryan, we covered many topics around entrepreneurship, education and having a purpose. Some of the things we discussed in depth include being mission-driven, knowing your why, asking for help, documenting your life and journey, becoming better at sales and the importance of equality and inclusion in education. It was really a blast to have Ryan on the show. You should definitely head online and share your favorite bits from this episode with him. He is at Ryan Carson on both Twitter and Instagram. In addition, if you want to learn more about Treehouse and start teaching yourself coding, head over to teamtreehouse.com and enroll in one of the tracks. You'll be off building things on your own in no time and I'm speaking from experience here. And now without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Ryan Carson from Treehouse. Why and uh, how, how is your thinking going when you are such a successful uh, CEO of a successful business and you're so busy and you decide to go on a show that's hardly known of you guys who hardly anybody knows about? What's the reasoning behind that? Why would I do that? Um, because it's the long grind, right? It's like I know um, that I need to put in the work of being on on every show that that invites me um yours is better than a lot you know um but just because you don't have a huge audience doesn't mean i shouldn't do it it's kind of the long tail um approach you know and i literally you know copied gary on this i mean and you know gary used to speak at our events which you know and 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 he basically said yes to everybody for years and years and years and years right you know um so i know it's going to work out for me eventually um you know that even if it's one woman, you know, who was like, ah, oh, now, okay, Treehouse, that's interesting. And she goes on to become the chief human resource officer at a company someday, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then she, you know, replies to an email I send her and we do a million dollar deal. I mean, like, that'll happen eventually, right? So, um, so that's why. I've, I've really admired your work ethic, especially over the past year, year and a half, I think, since uh, it's kind of happened, like there's an overlap, I think, when you started documenting your journey and your lifestyle um, as an entrepreneur, as CEO of a company. And uh, it's about the same time, I think, when we started uh, yep. documenting our process on uh, on Instagram as well. Yeah, it, it is. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know what, what stories you want to be on the show, but we should talk about that because it was a fundamental like life-changing thing for me and i'm i am very different than i used to be um, but that's also the reason why i said yes to the show and and why i wanted to be on your show because i respect you guys you, you you know i really do there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there um who are all talk and no work and also aren't nice people and you work hard and you're nice and you have a great product so uh, 
you know, it's great well, to be on the show. Open the door, so tell us, <laughs> tell us how did this documentation in opening up uh, really uh, impacted you? Yeah, sure. And are we we're recording now, right? We're going, right? Yeah, we're going. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Um, so, what what happened um, is, uh, you know, for I started Treehouse back in 2010. And I think the problem is, is that I, I believed the universe kind of owed me something like success was going to happen someday um, because we were doing something good and I was a nice person, you know, and I didn't say that out loud, but that, that, that's what was going on in my head. Um, and so it kind of worked in a way that, you know, mirrored that. So we, we had a four day work week at Treehouse for a long time, um, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I used to take like all of August off, literally. Um, you know, I just said, hey, I'm not going to work in August because um, I'm the founder and I can do that. Um, and and then um, what happened is, um, you know, we started to go through some rough patches where um, the business started to slow down and, and we weren't just winning um, because Trios was launched at the right time, right idea, just to, it was like a rocket ship of growth. So it was basically luck, you know. Um, and I thought, oh, this is normal. And, and then when it started to, to actually be normal, you know, which is where you have to work, you know, you have to really, you know, work hard in order to, to create growth. It kind of woke me up a little bit. I thought, okay, hmm, you know, the universe isn't necessarily going to give us success. Like, but, but I, I still didn't really change my behavior. Um, and I, I thought as well that, you know, I could hire people to create growth for Treehouse, you know, this idea of you hire, you know, a big executive to, you know, you know, grow your revenue, and they kind of figure this out for you. Um, and we did that, and it didn't work. Um, and so, you know, the business kind of started slowing down, we hired executives, and we weren't able to see growth. And, and it was just like, okay, you know, this isn't working. Um, and, and I never had done sales, right? So I had always kind of thought sales is someone else's job. You know, it like kind of, you know, salesy people do that. You know, I care about people and I care about product and, and that's just not me, you know? Um, and then what was interesting, the, the, the moment where all this changed is that um, we had um, another business come inbound and say, we want to buy Treehouse. Um, we think, you know, combining the companies will be, really valuable for both of us and we can build a bigger business and, and strategically it's a great idea. And, you know, and I would have made a lot of money personally and, and for all of those reasons, like, Hey, maybe we can help more people if we, if we get acquired and, and um, combine. And, you know, I, I thought maybe, maybe, so we had these conversations and um, <clears throat> we went down pretty far down the road on those conversations. And, and, um, and then the more I talked about it with my wife, um, who really started Treehouse with me, um, the more we both felt like, wait a minute, you know, if, if, if we really truly believe that, you know, Treehouse is affordable and scalable and online, you know, if, if, if that is the future, then why are we kind of combining with another company that, that doesn't do that? Like, why are we doing that? Um, and are we really going to be happy doing that? And I think we just finally got to the point where we thought this is not the right choice um, for, for Treehouse. And so um, I was texting the other CEO um, and I said, you know, 
I'm sorry. I just, I, we've been thinking a lot about it and I don't think this is going to work. You know, I appreciate you going through this process with us and I'm sorry to, to have to say no, but I think this is best for us. So best, you know, best of luck. And uh, he texted me back and he said, are we breaking up over text? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and I was like, yeah, sort of, you know? Um, and he said, oh, well, let's have a phone call. <clears throat> so I said, okay, let's do it tomorrow. It's like super late. And, you know, let's have a 5 a.m. phone call tomorrow. So I wake up um, and I wasn't a super early riser back then. So I got up early, um, earlier than normal for me. And my kids were asleep and my wife was asleep and hop on the phone. And I'd say, you know, I'm really sorry. It's, I just don't think it's going to work. And, and he, you know, said, are you sure? Like, think about it. You know, it's, there's all these great reasons we should do it. And, and it's going to be amazing. You know, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I am. I'm sorry. I just, I'm sure. And, and then he went quiet for about 10 seconds. Um, and then he said, we're going to crush you. <laughs> and I just lost it. Like it, I just, it, I, I didn't say anything, but something deep inside my soul, like lit on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said, you know, best of luck. I, I'm sure you're going to build a big business, but it's just not going to be with us. Like, you know, good luck and take care. Um, and just like, I felt like, a, in, like in my mind, I turned into the Hulk, <laughs> you know, I was like, you will never crush us. Like I will, I will die before I let that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just like turned me into an animal, you know? Um, and I've never experienced that before. Um, and it was, it was life changing, you know? Um, and so from that moment on, I was like, I will, I will make this happen. Uh, you know, I am going to teach myself sales. I am going to work like a crazy person. Like, you know, I'm just going to prove him wrong. Um, and then that's where I realized that proving somebody wrong is a powerful motivator. Um, and so from that day, I was like, I'm going to wake up at 4.30. Uh, I'm going to teach myself sales. I'm going to like work until this is figured out. Um, and that's when I started documenting all that stuff. And that's when I started waking up at 4.30. And, and um, that's when I learned sales. And, and we can talk about it more in a little bit. But, you know, then from that moment to actually seeing success, man, I mean, it was, that happened on January 2nd. Uh, 2017. Um, and it was, it was, you know, over a year until I really actually started closing big deals. So my first really big sales deal was in, uh, I think it was February or April, February or March of 2018. Um, so it took a long time and it was brutal, but, um, truly life-changing. What do you, when you, because I've seen your content as well, and it's, uh, when you speak about deals, what does a kind of a deal for Treehouse look like? Because I've, I'm all, obviously was a user, but then for me, it's just a business to, to consumer thing. Yeah. So, the business uh, context of deals. So, what happened is, you know, um, I believed when I started the company um, that the way to change lives was to, you know, create an online school that you paid, you know, very little money for, and you taught yourself and then you got yourself a job or you built a product. Right. And I thought that's how we're going to change the system because I am very, very, very mission driven. You know, I talk about this all the time on social, as you know, like my why, my why is to change as many lives as possible by creating education so people can get jobs. Right. So 
I thought that was the strategy. And what I learned is that we actually had to sell to businesses to truly change people's lives. Um, and so I, it was through this process, you know, of learning sales that I figured that out. I, I basically realized, oh, if we can close a deal with a business, then what, what they do is they pay us to create talent for them. So instead of this idea of we train someone how to code and then hopefully they get a job, instead, you know, MailChimp pays us uh, money so we can create a class of developers for them. Um, and it, it was a, a game changer. So now we are a B2B company. Um, you know, we still have a great consumer product, but, um, uh, you know, and, and sometimes those consumers turn into business uh, prospects. But really what we do is we go to companies and we say, hey, you know how you're, you know, losing the talent war right now and you know how that you're not hiring uh, any candidates who are underrepresented people of color or women? Well, if you just say Treehouse Go, then we do that for you. Um, and it's been a, a game changer. And, you know, from a financial perspective, uh, we're growing the fastest we've ever grown um, now. So it's it's fun to see all the hard work begin to pay off. So, And if I can interject here, and it's really probably breaking the conversation a little bit, but um, some people who are following us probably know, I know we've told you as well, but actually Treehouse, both me and Julian, are former students of Treehouse. And before I, before I we joined on the call, I checked our points and uh, I saw my account has 28,000 points because I use wow. it for a year, I think. Yeah, that's so awesome. I better because I found the job at 12,000. Yeah, so Julian, <laughs> found job. Julian found the job after three months of Treehouse. It took me that's, a little longer. That's amazing. Really an incredible, and I've recommended it. I know several other people who've used it, and actually Treehouse was recommended to me by a friend of mine who started. Uh, thank you for Thank you for saying that. I mean, uh, that, that, I mean, that is part of my why, I mean, literally, you know, uh, serving you so that you can change your life through that hard work. So, um, that makes me smile so much. It's really, um, I want to tell this story out now because that first of all, maybe other people can hear it and find it useful. And we are by no way affiliated with Treehouse. We're just really users and you can check our accounts as well online <laughs> to do that. But I mean, in two, I started in 2013, end of 2013. Uh, while still uh, having a day job, uh, started working on some small projects, eventually switched to, or not switched, but started doing also freelancing. And after a year, was confident enough to find a full-time job. And that kind of propelled, made a huge difference because I was living in Bulgaria because I'm originally from there. And I moved to a full-time programming job in Berlin, which increased my income dramatically. I don't know how many times. And from then on, you know, this opens so many other opportunities. And wow, that's so amazing. As well. Yeah. And eventually we decided to start a company while working as programmers as well. But one of the reasons to do that is because the freedom that the programming job allows you to have uh, right. options of career is really, really, really an incredible opportunity. And uh, still, um, uh, to me, Treehouse is a great, great, great uh, tool and resource for everyone who wants to try it. Uh, and uh, I still wear my Treehouse t-shirt with my <laughs> logo proudly. I was in Berlin recently and I was wearing it and uh, a guy actually recommend, uh, recognized it. So it No way. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's great. Well, There's um, no community in Europe, but it's a, it's a good community. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. And it, it proves, um, that, 
really, I mean, we're not trying to create programmers, really. What we're trying to do is give people the ability then to level up their whole life, right? So you went on to found a company. That's exactly what I hope happens, right? Which is what I did. I, I was a developer and now I'm a CEO. So we're really trying to give people upward mobility. Um, so the theory is, you know, we'll, our consumer product will continue to serve people like you. Um, we'll actually maybe even be able to decrease the price, you know, over time. Um, and if you are able to change your life like you were by yourself without the extra support and without the job at the end, then that's, that's amazing. Um, but if you can't, um, then we have this program with, with businesses where they actually invest in and create talent. So it kind of everybody wins, but, um, but thank you for your kind words. And I'm really proud to have served you both. I have a follow-up thing because uh, we, we're trying to kind of bring, maybe have a communication similar to how Treehouse is encouraging proactiveness to, to start learning programming. We're kind of doing the same thing, but encouraging people to start something. It could be a company, it could be a side hustle, could be even learning programming and doing something on the side. But how do you... How do you find that the best, like the best approach to, to have that conversation of people who are stuck at some point in their life or career? And how do you kind of push them and move them forward? Um, the key is really figuring out that why, the, the thing that really motivates you. Um, and it's hard because sometimes you don't know what it is. Um, but I, I have learned you can't, you can't really motivate yourself. You, you have to have something deep that 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 pushes you and then you have to just attach discipline to that right so so what i tell people over and over again is um you know everything is 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 too hard eventually and you will quit um unless you have that why so you really have to figure out what is that thing you know and it is it that you want to prove somebody wrong is it that you you know want to make more money is it that you want to be respected you know is it that um, you want to create something wonderful, you know, what is that thing deep down? And then, and then just add discipline. So, okay, I'm going to work daily on that for years and years, right? So you then extend your timeline to say, I'm not going to see any success, you know, today or this week or this month or even the next three months, but I will start seeing success in the next six months and certainly in a year. Um, and then, that's why the why is important. If, if, you, if the why is not there, you'll just give up because it's just too hard. Um, and then the other, the other thing, to, you know, it's part of this is um, if you need support and help, like try to, to find people to support and help you. You know, if you have, um, you know, if you, if you need a laptop because you don't have one, you know, um, try to go and, and ask for help with that, you know, versus being afraid to ask. Um, or, you know, thinking people won't help, um, you know, I, I found that people are more willing to help than you, than you would ever imagine, you know? Um, so I have two mentors now. And so one of my mentors is the CEO of discover org. It's this, you know, they're doing, they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Right. And, uh, I had met him and I just sent him an email and said, you know, Henry, I, I bet you're way too busy. Um, uh, but I massively respect you. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to mentor me. Um, and, you know, just like three sessions, one hour each, um, I'd be super honored. Um, but, you know, feel free to say no. And uh, he replied back with, it was like 30 seconds or something. He said, I'm in, it sounds amazing. And 
I thought, what, what, you know, I can't believe he said yes. And I learned so much um, from our first meeting. So we've only had one. Um, and I still have two more lined up. So, um, and then the second person I asked to mentor me was, uh, the, is the, the chief marketing officer of MailChimp, you know, so massive, you know, company, super smart person, really busy. And I said the same, sent the same email. Um, and he said, yes. So I think people are more willing to help you than you would think. So. It's it's really really nice and important thing to how what 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 put you on this road to actually search for help? Um, that's a good question. You know, maybe my parents trained me to do that. Um, that you know, <clears throat> if you can, they taught me that really. Um, you know, people are motivated uh, by by selfish reasons, right? And they basically said, but you know some of those selfish reasons are they want to help people because it makes them feel good. Um, you know, and so actually it's nice for them to help you. So, so they always taught me just try to figure out what other people want and help them get that, you know? And so I think I, I, I started to realize, yeah, you could theoretically, you know, ask for these meetings because it makes the person feel good, you know, to share their knowledge. Um, it's, it makes them, you know, it reminds them that they're important and they've done a lot, you know. So I actually just started asking for these type of meetings a long time ago and, and was just shocked when the first person said yes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this works, you know. Um, so you, you never, you, like, you literally never know. Um, so why not ask? Were you comfortable from the very beginning or, or uh, you learned or kind of became more comfortable over time? I, I'm still not comfortable. <laughs> so I, I think that's the secret, right? I mean, you never really become comfortable. Um, so I was scared to ask in the beginning. I'm still scared to ask now. I just have learned to like push it down, you know. Um, and I think it's funny how everyone acts like they know what they're doing all the time. And, you know, I know that we've chatted about this over social a lot. It, and just it's all a lie, basically. Um, people know, people are smart and they learn a lot, but they you never get to the point where you know the future and you know how things are going to work out so um just want to encourage people that yeah coming back to your why this is something you've talked a lot about it um and um i know it took you quite some time but how does one find their why i think the way is to just um get kind of quiet and observe yourself um and start taking notes um, on your day. And when you, when you notice that you kind of light up or you feel happy, um, just start recording that. Um, so, you know, usually there's a clue there. And I, the, the first clue for me was, um, when we did our very first in-person workshop, teaching people how to code. So way back in like 2005, I think, um, I was in England, um, you know, I, I married a wonderful British woman and we were living there and, and I started my first company there. And the thought was, okay, let's teach people how to code, but let's do it in person, you know, cause that's all we could like think of. Um, so we did our first workshop and we had about 20 people show up they, you know, they paid us about, I think it was like two or 300 pounds. Um, we had a, a teacher and they learned how to make a PHP web app. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I, you know, person after person came up to me, was like smiling and said, thank you. That was like so fun, you know, and, and I, what a good day, like, you know, great food, great teaching. I know how to build things now. 
And that made me like light up inside, you know? And I was like, really? Like, wow, you really, that, you being happy makes me happy. And so I think that's the first time I realized, oh, if we can give people education, it can change their life. And that makes me happy. Um, so just look for, and they don't have to be, you know, big, meaningful, you know, life world changing ideas. I mean, it, it really is about something that you enjoy and, and, um, and that, you know, can make you money somehow. Um, so I kind of want to turn the question on its head and ask you, you know, where does the why come from for Dulo? And, and like, tell me more about, um, what drives you both. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start. Um, so from, we, we just talked with Maureen about like just before the podcast that we, we always had that the entrepreneurial tendency thingy. Uh, just the, the first step of that would be to, so the theory is that if you want to give something, you need to have something to give. So you need to create a platform, you need to have influence, you need to have the financial resource or whatever it is. Um, so we've always wanted to build something, but we never took the kind of the, the plunge for it. And then when, when we started with Dulo, we just started documenting, uh, following Gary's advice. And then at some point, we just saw that the, like the documentation part of it and sharing that experience became much more important than just selling a physical product. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing that a few companies, I mean, a few cases around us, there's people who we've connected to our manufacturing partners and they've started a business. There's a few people around me that decided to start a business because they've been seeing me work on my own stuff because they were colleagues of mine. So when they ask like, what are you doing on the weekend? I'm just, yeah, I'm going to work on something. And they're kind of shocked at first because they think it's, it's going to make me more tired for the, for the next week, but it's actually the opposite way around. Cause I get, <laughs> I get recharged by working on my own stuff. Right. And right. I just sort of, yeah, through the last year and a half, I've just seen a few kind of insights and data points of people who are actually changing their behavior and starting their own thing and just becoming, because even if you're happy at work at some point, if you have something that really resonates with you, that you're going to be working on in the evening, I think changes the whole paradigm of, uh, of employment. Um, yes, absolutely. So I think that's, that's the narrative. And um, I was, uh, when, when you mentioned, uh, you know, noticing yourself uh, become happy with something, I was talking with a friend of mine who just started his own business and was just explaining like all the social media stuff. Not, not that we're experts, but just by talking to him, I realized that we've kind of learned something along the way for the last year and a half. <laughs> and I was really you excited. A lot. My post, like go up and everything. And I, I noticed that at that point, it's, um, that's, that's for me the more enjoyable part of the whole process than just, you know, the products, creating the product is nice and then saying the product is nice. But then on the back end of that, I think there's a, there's a much bigger mission that uh, I'm looking forward to expanding. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, I, but I will hear from both of you if, that, if possible. Yeah, well, uh, what Julian said basically overlaps a lot with me. I think I started, um, and I think I'm still working on really clarifying what's the why for me, because I started from a very selfish um uh, perspective i think because again i also believe the same thing first you need to take care of yourself so you'll be strong and able to take care of those around you so you can give to them um and um with dulo uh one of the major things that what we're doing allows me to do is to actually teach educate people help them show the ways for them to take control of their own life or uh let's say not not so uh, aspirational but uh, just of a situation take an opportunity and go try it out don't be afraid and um 
I, I mentioned teaching because, well, my father is a teacher as well, and I think I kind of got into that. And I really enjoy, for example, giving lectures or uh, trying to help people just to guide them in the right way. And Dulo actually provides me uh, or makes me competent in one thing to talk to people because everything else for me is, yeah, things I, I read or, or like the best experience I have is from building this business. And I mostly right. talk about that. And I really hope that this helps other people to try it out, to get this courage. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm now, for example, another interest or a side that I see is mental health. I think that's really, really important. I see it with myself. So I start seeing certain traits in myself that I didn't know existed. If, if I, Interesting. Because I'd never had run a business before with actual right. finances and to lose and something to be embarrassed and to be accountable uh, against in front of other people. Yeah. Uh, and I see that as, a, as somebody who is working on building a business, uh, in my case, at least, I think 95% of the time is things that are not necessarily exciting. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about them. It's only Julian sees that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And there's those 5% that's a nice testimonial from a customer or an event or something like that, where you talk to outside people when you say the nice things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there are times when things are hard, you know. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, right? Uh, and yeah, and most of the time, exactly. And um, I see how this is impacting me. So now I'm actually paying more attention to myself. Eventually, I also start paying attention to people around me, not necessarily people who are building businesses. But I see things that I've learned over the years who help me a lot, like from Tim Ferriss's books, from Ryan Holiday's books, uh, things about stoicism. Uh, again, also discipline from sports as well. This really keeps me sane. Yes. And I see other people who are overwhelmed by work, social life and other activities who are actually suffering, but they cannot identify that. So currently I'm quite excited to talk to people about that. Talk to nice. them about meditation, for example. Uh, talk to them about just self-awareness. Um, how, uh, how do you use meditation right now? Um, I don't do it. Um, I used to do meditation uh, before. Uh, from time to time, when I really feel that I want to just take a moment and breathe, I have something that I call, um, just I remind myself sometimes to take one deep breath, one meaningful breath. can be right. waiting in the supermarket. Usually it's not during the workday. But I've managed over the years to develop this sense to, I know pretty well when I'm anxious. Yeah, but I'm feeling overwhelmed. I really just catch myself being all over the place, and uh, usually I just stop, take one breath in and out, uh, and that really helps me to refocus. Nice. Uh, and I have my morning rituals, uh, and I make my own coffee in the morning, grind my beans for me. That's my meditation. Like take oh, a few nice. minutes, make a cup of coffee. <laughs> so uh, that's my meditation very early in the morning while it's still dark. Nice. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. Your stories with me um, and your whys, because uh, I was I was curious about that. So I think I think the why is an evolving thing. I don't know for me at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense all the time. Yep, yep, makes total sense. Well, we talked about actually something interesting, and you mentioned it as well. Um, I think it's very fascinating for people who don't know you so well. It's uh, your routine, mm. uh, and uh, as entrepreneurs, I think both me and Julian are big admirers and supporters, and we do as well or have a routine and. You pretty much have your day planned out very well, but talk about yours. Yeah, sure. So um, it starts actually yearly um, and sometimes uh, two yearly. So for instance, we have a two-year 
uh, vision at Treehouse. So we've laid out goals for ourselves by January uh, 1st, 2020. Um, so I kind of start big picture. Um, so I have kind of three big rocks in my life, you know, three pillars, you know, it's Treehouse, uh, loved ones and health. Um, and so I kind of map out my year um, by going backwards. So, you know, I say, okay, in regards to Treehouse, what do I need? What are the most important things I need to do this year um, so that we can hit that to your vision? And then what are the important things I need to do with, with my family and friends um, so that, you know, I maintain those relationships? And then for my health, what do I need to do to stay healthy? And then I kind of map then backwards to like a, a, a kind of a monthly goal. Um, and then, you know, once I map to a monthly goal, then what I, I sometimes go down to daily from there, but it, it just clarifies, you know, what is really important. And, um, because what I do first in the morning is I wake up, you know, wake up at four 30. Um, I immediately listen to music because I find that sometimes I'm discouraged as soon as I wake up or I don't want to wake up or I'm tired or whatever. So I, I listen to, you know, hilarious like dance music or like angry rap or, or just something to really change my mental state. Um, and then I go down and make a coffee, um, and, and sip on a, a protein shake. And then I, and then I open my laptop and, and that's where I have to make sure that my to do's for the day map to my bigger goals. You know, if, if for some reason I'm doing a bunch of to do's that don't seem to map to the bigger picture, then, then I can say, no, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, I can look at my calendar and sort of make sure that what I'm doing during the day maps to that. So it's kind of a check. Am I actually going to do today what I, what I need to do to, to hit my bigger goals? Um, and if I'm not, then I change it before the day starts. So then I, I, uh, I used to use um, a written journal, but I've actually switched back to using Asana as my task management tool. It doesn't matter what tool you use, right? Um, I think people get way too hung up on the tool. Um, and the truth is, it's just, do you have a list that maps to your bigger priorities and are you doing the daily work? So, um, I check my to do's and then I work for usually an hour. So about four 30 to five 30 or five 45. And then I go down to the basement and I work out, um, just a really simple, you know, kind of body weight workout running on the treadmill. Um, and then. Uh, I train for Spartan races, which are just kind of obstacle course races. Um, and that's just to give me a goal. You know, I'm not some elite athlete or something. Um, and then at 630, um, I take coffee up to my wife in bed and we sit and, and we have a chat um, for about half an hour. And it's just really important to maintain our relationship. We've been married for 14 years now. And I think those little moments every day are what really matter. And that's very similar to the whole idea of discipline, you know, equaling freedom. And I say that a lot, you know, it's, it comes from Jocko Willink. Um, the idea is the discipline to do these little things eventually frees you. You become free because you actually start achieving things, right? So I have a wonderful marriage, but that's because my wife and I have the discipline to spend time together. Um, and therefore, having a good marriage frees me to run Treehouse and be effective at Treehouse, right? So, um, you know, having the discipline to work out frees me to be fit. And when I'm, because when I'm fit, I can work, you know, longer, harder, I can be, feel better. Like all these things that appear to be boring and daily actually give you long term freedom. So 
I really, so we, we chat for half an hour. My kids, you know, run around and act annoying um, during that half an hour. And then, uh, then basically we have breakfast and, and I leave by 8.30, um, hop in my truck and um, get to the office by 8.45. I'm fortunate to live right by the office. And then, then every day we do a sales stand-up. So um, I've learned it's really helpful to my team to have some FaceTime every morning where we see each other, we encourage each other, we have a bit of a laugh, you know, um, and it builds trust and, and communication. Um, it isn't at all like boring, like this is what I'm gonna do today. It's like, oh, this is what I'm happening and this is going on and, I, and you know, hopefully this will happen and you commit to things. And then I just work really hard all day. Um, I usually, you know, I have literally back to back to back to back meetings all day. Um, and then I leave precisely at, at about 6.05 and hop in my truck and I'm home by like 6.15 um, and then have a great dinner with my family and then uh, try to go to sleep by about 9.30 or 10. So that is my day. It's a very dynamic day nice. and I see a lot of overlaps with ours yeah. actually. Nice. Uh, you mentioned family here and I have one question came to my mind immediately. Is entrepreneurship a lonely business? Extremely. I mean, you know, um, I don't know what I would do without my wife, period. Because, I mean, it, especially when you're the founder um, or the CEO, you, you just can't really talk to anybody about your real problems. I mean, you know, um, you can't talk to your employees about it. You can't talk to your peers. Um, so really, there's nobody to talk to. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have my wife, and I, and I talk to her a lot. But, you know, a lot of times she doesn't have all the context, you know, so, so it's hard to catch her up and all that. Um, she wants to hear it all, but so I've actually got a CEO coach now. Um, and, uh, her name is Karen and we meet once a month and she's been really transformative for me and helping me, you know, maximize my strengths and minimize my weaknesses. Um, and also just somebody to, to talk to about things. So that's, that's been very helpful. No, I can definitely say that. I, I really appreciate that uh, I have a co-founder in Julian's uh, place, in place here. Because, uh, you can before, be each other's coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's actually, uh, before that, my thinking was that, oh, everything I want to do, I want to do it by myself. And I would start doing something, and then after a few weeks or a month, um, I would lose interest and just drop out. Mm. And now we keep each other accountable. We talk about everything. We spent like so much time together. We share the same house as well. We roommates. So, <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. Pretty much twenty four seven. Secret. We used to, we used to work in the same place as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It, I mean, you are fortunate that you have that and that you like each other and that you've made it work. I mean, basically, you're married, right? Um, but even it's even worse, right? Because you you like all of your success is tied together and. Uh, I respect you for being able to make that work, you know? Yeah, and we need the agreement to make the decision, both of us. So we need both signatures. Both need yeah. to be happy and agree. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because some people ask, you know, how do you found, find a co-founder? Do should you look for one? But I guess it's just a matter of luck because we, we didn't, we've known each other for a long time, but you never know what the dynamics going to be once, you know, finances are involved and then you actually need to kind of pull the same weight yeah. So I, I I don't think there's an answer of kind of doing an assessment test on a venture co-founder. I guess it's no. just luck. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does seem so. And so in a way, I'm kind of glad I didn't have a co-founder because it's freed me up to have, you know, all this control and do do what I want. 
but at the same time, it's been extremely hard. So you're right. It's, it's kind of dumb luck, which is not great, you know? Yeah. It's just a situation. Yeah. On another topic you've been very consistent and loud about is uh, diversity and inclusion. Can you just uh, kind of shine a light on that? Because uh, I think in Europe, the, the, there's not much conversation going on in that space. Uh, can you maybe give us what the what the current state is and how like what everyone can do to kind of help it? Yeah, you bet. So, so fundamentally, what's happening is we're um, we we all know now that um, a lot of the success in life comes from uh, being privileged this idea that you're able to succeed because you started you know way in front of the start line you know so there's a race everyone's starting you know what we thought at the same place but it turns out that there's people that are starting you know 100 meters ahead of everybody else um, and that's really what what this is about um, and in, in tech we have a, a technology has a specific problem um, around diversity and inclusion and equity because, um, you know, systematically and, and societally, uh, white men have been ahead of everybody else. And so most of the, the CEOs and founders of tech companies are white men. And it kind of, it's a, uh, it, it, it makes it worse and worse and worse because then, you know, young white men like me see, you know, white men succeeding and they say, I can do that. So then they go into that industry and then they do succeed and, and it gets worse and worse and worse. So, um, I basically learned this. I, I wasn't really aware that, you know, this was going on because I'm a white male. I've been privileged and I don't have to like think about it. Um, and I wanted Treehouse to be you know, diverse. I actually wanted us to have 50% women and, you know, I want us to have 18% Latinx and 13% black African-American. And I wanted our diversity to match America and we weren't, you know? Um, and so I had to learn why. And so I, I learned, you know, that there's all these systems in place that are, are holding underrepresented minorities down. Um, and they, no matter how hard they work, they're not going to get out of that. So what I realized is, you know, as a tech founder, as a privileged white male, I could actually open doors. Um, and then, you know, these amazing hardworking people will come through them um, because there's a door. And so really that's all we're doing. We're opening a new door. Um, so we created a product called Talent Path. And what it does is it invests in and it empowers underrepresented people of color and women. So in America, we're talking about people who are black or brown, um, or we're talking about women. Um, we're investing in those communities, not because it's not charity. It's not a handout. It's we need them in our industry, you know? Um, and so we partner with really great organizations. Um, there's one in the United States called boys and girls club, which is basically, um, kind of an after school program. Uh, that people can send their kids to if they have to work. And m the majority of kids in those programs are black and brown. And so by partnering with the Boys and Girls Club, they can tell the good news to this community. Hey, there's a tech company that wants to invest in you um, and they want to hire you. And, and we found that was a major issue. You know, those communities ha had never been told that there was a job for them, that they could be in tech, um, that they could start a company. Um, cause they don't see anybody like them succeeding 
none of their family tells them. And so they never choose to go into the industry. So we basically had the Boys and Girls Club recruit this amazing talent. And then we funded our tech degree. Uh, we gave them a scholarship to our tech degree, which is our online boot camp. Um, and then we, we mentored them and supported them. Uh, and they did that while they were holding their, their normal job. So they would work their normal, you know, nine to five job. And then they would learn on Treehouse, you know, at night or in the morning. And then after they finished the tech degree, then we hire them as apprentices. Um, and then we mentor them and train them up to be, you know, junior and then mid and then senior level developers. So that system is called Talent Path. And, and we built it for ourselves, and it, it worked. And so as soon as we realized it worked, then we uh, then started plugging it into other companies um, like MailChimp and Nike and Envision and, and, you know, the list goes on, Chegg and MindBody and Jama. And, and um, it's so exciting. I, I think it, it's really the realization of my dream, you know, that we could build a new system that would empower uh, everybody um, to change their life. Uh, so that's, that's what it's all about. It's great. And a great uh, segue also to, we want to be respectful of your time as well. Uh, what's the future for Treehouse? The future is that, basically. We are creating talent uh, for companies, and that talent can be uh, underrepresented minorities. It can be women. It can be your own employees. You know, So we actually have customers who uh, take their lower-wage um, employees. You know, Maybe they're driving a truck or maybe they're doing uh, customer support, and then they actually uh, have Treehouse uh, turn those amazing people into developers. So you either create talent from outside the company or, or from within. Um, but either way, we create talent. Um, and uh, we're just going to keep going and going and going and uh, have, having a good time while we, while we do it. And I want to have a second part, improvised uh, part of the question, because uh, you're a guy that always is always looking to improve himself and uh, you're kind of self-aware about what you, what you can work on to improve yourself. What's the future for Ryan Carson in the next six to 12 months? Ooh, um, I'm going to keep wearing Dulo shirts. So <laughs> that's, that's in my future. That's what gonna... I was looking for. Uh, yep, and I'm going to buy a bunch more. So I mean, that's in my future. Um, and, and in addition to that, I mean, it, you know, I'm just going to keep learning how to get better and better at sales. You know, I... My goal is to close larger and larger deals so we can serve more and more people and help larger and larger companies. Um, so I think we have some some very, very big deals that will happen in the next, you know, six to 12 months and um, working hard on that. I, my fitness level has slid a little bit. I think, you know, I had to really kind of um, increase my workload at, at Treehouse for a period of time. And... Um, I'm finally have built a foundation for success and now I'm going to be able to promote a manager to help me uh, manage some people in the sales team. And, and that's going to free up a little more of my time. Um, so I, I kind of, I did let, I think the stress of that get to me, which means, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have less time to work out. So I'm going to kind of tick that back up to the level I was at. Um, I didn't stop working out. It's just the intensity kind of dropped. So I'm hoping to kind of take that back up. Well, Ryan, it was really, really a pleasure to talk to you, to have you on the podcast. Thanks. It's a, it's a joy. I respect you both a ton. And you have an we amazing product. so much for so, so, so long as well on so many of these topics. We really connect, I think. And actually, when I'm telling you this, I'm looking at uh, my Gmail. 
we had our first exchange in 2013, actually. <laughs> really? I remember. You were sending an email. So I got an email from you, Ryan, and it says in brackets, Treehouse co-founder. And it's asking me about my week. Uh, and then and there, and I was still living in Sofia in Bulgaria. You had your new portal and office, apparently. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Wow. And I wanted to you inviting you for a drink. So I think we kind of had our virtual drink right now. I uh, will yeah. send the offer again if you're ever in Amsterdam. Uh, but the nice thing is that uh, you replied. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really nice. Thanks. Well, I, I mean, I, I try to do as much as I can because I, I, I'm thankful that you care about Treehouse and that you, um, you, you took time to do that. So um, yeah, best of luck. Keep going and I'll keep cheering you all on. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, we would really appreciate your support by liking, rating, subscribing to the Early Days podcast. This program is produced and hosted by Dulo, that's me and Julian. And as we mentioned in the very beginning, we make non-iron dress sheets from performance fabrics. If you want to learn more, head over to wearedulo.com, that's W-E-A-R-D-U-L-O.com and take a look at our products, our story and the journey of how we're building the business. Until next time, bye-bye.